Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal, and I'm here tonight with Bruce McCurdy. Hey, Bruce. Hey, David. How are you doing tonight? Uh, kind of one of those nights when you wonder, like, why do I, why do we do this? Why, why are we investing our time in this? Isn't there better things to do? Oh God, it was a, it was a little bit of the old taste, a little taste of the decade of darkness there tonight, Bruce. The Edmonton Oilers lose three to zilch to the Montreal Canadiens. Three one, three one. Oh, excuse me, three to one. Yeah, I got the it one. Just that seemed one like another shutout, just like Saturday seemed like a shutout. Yeah. Late, late consolation goal. Yeah. So this is our two good things, two bad things, and two numbers podcast. And because it was a particularly bad evening for the Edmonton Oilers, where they dropped a one win and three losses, just a little bit of a hole to start the regular season. Uh, we're going to go with two bad things each. Bruce, what's your good thing? Uh, well, I got to go with that one consolation goal, I guess. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of uh, real happy moments to choose among tonight. Uh, and trailing 3 nothing late, uh, Devin Shore, who uh, to this point as an oiler had done very little to distinguish himself, uh, made a very nice play. Uh, taking advantage of a very dumb play by Montreal's Jonathan Drouin, who was the last man back on the power play, protecting a 3 nothing lead with two minutes left, decided he would try and beat his man one-on-one at his own blue line. And uh, he was... Uh, uh, he paid the price for that indiscretion. That was a good play by Shore to check the puck loose and jump in on the breakaway and, and actually fire a shot that hit the post and went in as opposed to just hitting the post and uh, that uh, avoided the shutout and that was, and made the score a little bit closer but uh, this wasn't in my view a very close game or a very interesting game to be honest yeah grade A scoring chances were 8-6 to six, uh, for Montreal and that's giving the Shea Weber goal, calling that a grade-A chance, where he put it in off Koskinen's head. But I do think that was in a very uh, smart and fairly, not a difficult, in some ways not that difficult to shot. You just have to put it off his body because he had all kinds of time to set that up and put it in. Anyway, eight grade-A chances for Montreal and just six Bruce, for the Oilers. Like, you just do not win hockey games when you have six grade-A chances. Uh, Devin Shore, of course, was redeeming himself on that one because... There, there was something to like about his hustle on that play, the shorthanded goal against, because he, he came back so hard. But the guy he was checking was already covered, and he left Shea, Shea Weber open. So it was like a, a working hard but not working smart play where he wiped out Koskin. My uh, good thing, Bruce, I'm going to go with the play of two uh, defensemen, kind of underrated defensemen. I'll go with Chris Russell, who I, who I just thought – Looked like a like he was settled, like he's making good plays. Like the the whole team so seems so unsettled for some reason, and I I think I can put my finger on it, and we're going to get to that. But um, he was just a calming uh, force out there, veteran D man who who makes the safe play, makes the right play usually, and I thought he was good. And the other the other guy I've just been who has impressed the hell out of me this year is Slater Cuckoo. He just had another strong game, I thought, Bruce. He just he's a, he's a, he passes the puck well. He did he got beat once down the wing. I can recall pops in my head, but I don't think a scoring chance came out of it uh, by by some good luck there. But he's he's a good mover of the puck, good player. Um, 
I like his game so far. So my good thing will be uh, Russell and Cuckoo. Yeah, tell me who in the pool had Slater Cuckoo as your one right defenseman by game four of the regular season. <laughs> That's what he was tonight. And he played 19 minutes and 54 seconds. Yeah. Which is a lot. for. Uh, and he was better than his partner out there, I'll tell you that, Bruce. He was had a better game than Darnell Nurse did. Um, all right, let's get to is bad things. Is that your things. bad thing? Okay. No, that's that's an extra bad thing. They may they, It's hard not for other extra bad things to bubble up and creep in. So, uh, sorry. If you're just trying to... People really expect us to be disciplined and limit ourselves to two. Well, that was... our The lack of discipline of the orders is leaking over to this podcast. Bruce, what's your first bad thing? Well, I got to go with the Oilers... Um, the Oilers power play. And that's not a statement we would have made often last year being a bad thing, but uh, uh, it was atrocious tonight. It was bad on Saturday night going 0 for 3 with a shorthanded goal against. But tonight they doubled down going 0 for 7 with a shorthanded goal against. So two games in a row, the power play got beat straight up on goals, right? Zero four one against, and you know what? Tonight it was. Uh, uh, I was pretty honest. I mean, I'm looking over this uh, this list of short list of scoring chances. The power play generated one chance, one chance, and seven opportunities with the man advantage. That was the one late in the second. It looked like they might be coming to life, and they got the delayed penalty. And Dry Settle set up Cahoon for a great chance, and then Montreal got the whistle, and then right off the hop on the power play. Um, Chase on set up Drysaddle for a great chance in the slot. And this was maybe Jake Allen's best save or best two saves of the game right then and there. And then a few seconds later, McDavid got whistled down on a pretty chintzy call. And that ended the one dangerous looking power play that they had all night. Otherwise, they couldn't get out of their own way, David. They couldn't get over the blue line. There was like four or five different times in the game where four guys on the power play were stacked up just outside the Montreal blue line trying to make these passes left and right while they're standing there and nobody's bloody skating. So they couldn't even enter the zone. When they did enter the zone, they couldn't win a puck battle and just kept sent down, sent down, sent down again. And it's just, uh, it's not clicking. And it's, uh, it's... um, yeah, not, you know, uh, I, yeah. not, not very organized, and uh, I think the pressure is on a uh, certain Mr. Tyson Berry to uh, uh, start showing what it is he was brought in to do, because so far it ain't happening. Got off a good shot there that might have gone in if it wasn't deflected. But I, I agree, it's related to Barry Bruce, but it's in a, in a, another way it's not. It's it's related more to the absence of Oscar Clefbaum. Um, right. They they just had. They had it down, right? They had their system down. And they everyone knew what they were doing. And Barry's a bit more of a chaos player. He's a bit more, you know, he's more jazz than he is, you know, right. playing the notes off the score of a symphony orchestra. He's he's going here and there. And and that worked the one game uh, against the second game against Vancouver. That was a thing to behold when that was going well. But there's no chemistry right now in this power play. And uh, it, it got so it got so bad, and this is my bad thing, you know, Dreisaitl, he started rushing things. Like he tried to beat the whole team on the rush. He, he didn't, he didn't, then the next play, he turns it over. He starts to rush things and give away the puck, Leon Dreisaitl. He gets impatient. And um, 
it's just one of the reasons that he was my bad thing. But yeah, Bruce, it's it's they're not they're not going down low. They went down low once to chase on, and he set up dry sidle. You know that pass down low, they don't do that very much. They're, they're kind of it's the three big guys I think wanting to run the power play too much and not using the other two guys is what I'm seeing. They're not using Chase on and not using Barry enough, perhaps. And, and it's a little early to make, you know, that, you know, assess it. It's going to take some time to get some chemistry, but part of it is going to be figuring out, you know, if it's James Neal down there or Yamamoto, like if they don't want to pass it to Chase on down there for whatever reason, they think he's going to give it away. Well, you know, they they got to get a guy down there who they can pass it to then, because they're they're trying to run a. Essentially, I think my initial take is I'd have to watch the power plays again to be sure, but I think they're trying to run a three man power play, Bruce, and the other teams are onto them, and they've got to run a five man power play. So, Drysaddle's the chief culprit in that, I would suggest, um, and turning over the puck too much. And at even strength, Bruce, I just didn't like his effort at all. Um, he just seemed, he's not playing center. Like he's not getting in his own zone, commanding the puck enough and uh, driving the driving the middle of the ice and taking charge on his own line. I'm just, I just, I didn't like his game tonight. He wasn't particularly horrible except, you know, as being, you know, at the center of the power play problems. But I didn't like his effort overall tonight. It was one of those nights where his, his feet wasn't moving. We're not moving. Same goes for that other big man tonight, Pugliarvi. He was, I don't know what he's doing out there. He was just coasting around. Um, they get, they just got to, the big guys got to drive their feet. They got to get moving. And I didn't see that from either of those two. So that's my first bad thing. What's your second bad thing? Well, a lack of, I thought a lack of intensity on the part of the Oilers. Yeah. I just didn't see enough there. I mean, after they lost the opening game to Vancouver, they bounced back with a with a real strong effort in game two. And when they lost so badly to Montreal on Saturday, I thought, you know, we'll at least see something resembling the Oilers' A or A-minus game tonight. No way. That was, like, to me, their D game. There was just no real drive or push there. Uh, I don't didn't get the sense that they were... Uh, that into it to use the old Jason Arnott expression, you know, tonight, I mean, part of it, it's a physical game and these counts don't necessarily mean a lot every night, but some nights they do. And tonight hits 31 for Montreal, 17 for Edmonton. Those 31 hits by Montreal were delivered by 16 different players out of the 18 that dressed for Edmonton. They had 10 players that had no hits at all. And they just weren't up to the physical challenge of the of the Canadians. On the blue line, little Chris Russell, he had two hits. He had twice as many as the other five D-men combined. Like, where was the physicality? Just wasn't there. I mean, Darnell Nurse, I mean, he's uh, the Oilers' physical leader. Well, he got uh, his clock cleaned by Brendan Gallagher on a definite revenge cheap hit for the cheap hit that Darnell landed on Gallagher late in Saturday's game. And both of them are called rightly called penalties for uh for uh you know <clears throat> taking advantage with malice aforethought of an opponent in a vulnerable position uh, but he you know he wound up with zero hits on the game and and if that's your you know your physical leader and he doesn't respond and zach cassian i mean 
He was in the lineup tonight. Oilers desperately missed him on Saturday, but they missed him almost as much tonight because he had very, very little impact on that game. One good hit on Josh Anderson. Otherwise, zero shot attempts, zero anything else, zero real, like I say, um, uh, no, like I thought he might really come out pumped after the birth of his uh, baby daughter. And, and congratulations, Zach, on the uh, birth of your daughter. But uh, that uh, game, it just... It just didn't happen, and I, I don't want to even single him out. If that, well, that was your, he had a lot to company. That was but, your bonus bad thing there, Bruce. Well, it's part of the part of the <laughs> lack of intensity of the team, sure. which I yeah. singled out a couple of their would-be emotional leaders who didn't. The only guy who seems to be hustling consistently every game all year long is Yamamoto, like in the four games, who stood out for hustle to mm-hmm. me is, is uh, Kyler Yamamoto. Um, yeah, I wonder how many of the hits came in the first period too, Bruce, because the owners did seem to come out finishing the check and hitting and, and they did look better, but they could, they could only manage one grade A scoring chance in the first for all that hitting. And they had some power play chances too. So yeah, pretty, pretty demoralizing for the team. I bet when they're used to seeing that power play score to not have that not happen when you're kind of counting on that. So, um, that's part of what's going wrong, Mm -hmm. but Bruce, listen, the Oilers have, since they moved Nugent Hopkins off Drive Settles line to play with McDavid, the Oilers have two wins and seven losses, and four of those losses, or th- yeah, four of those losses were really significant losses in the playoffs against Chicago. Um, that didn't give Dave Tippett pause, I guess, and he's back at it this year. And I, and I was okay with that because they've added some talented players, and you want to see how it goes. Cahoon's played with Drive Settle before, see how that goes. I, I get that. But it is now time. It is now time. You know, the old Kevin Lowe uh, saying the definition of insanity is, what is it, doing the same thing again and again, even when it's not working, something along those lines. We're seeing that at this point. There is no chemistry right now in the top line between Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, and Cassian. There is not right now. And there hasn't been much chemistry except for one game all year, frankly. Dry settles on has been okay, but just okay. And, um, you know, I, I just, they need a line, Bruce. They need that line that they can, the Oilers can send out there and count on to play in the other teams and get a chance, get, get the momentum in the game. And they didn't have any momentum all game long because they didn't have one line that did that all game long. They have zero lines that are working right now, not one. And um, so the obvious thing is, Go back to that line, and I'll just say this because I've said it. it needs to be repeated until he changes the lines. You have something that the other teams were unable to stop. If you don't make those other teams stop that thing, you're not doing your job as a coach. You're failing as a coach, and uh, you shouldn't you shouldn't fail your team like that. You've got to go back to that line, and you got to do it right away. Well, I got to change something up. <laughs> so, uh, what's going on right now isn't working. And uh, uh, honestly, I, I I didn't think any of uh, Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, or Cassian had anything close to an inspired effort in this game. Um, you know, it wasn't just chemistry that was missing; it was fire. Where was it? 
Yeah. McDavid was hitting in the first period. Like he threw a couple mm-hmm. hits, I noticed. But yep. yeah, he's got to get it. They got to get it together. They got to crank it up. And um, it's not happening yet. All right. So what's your number? Uh, I'm going to go with three and eight, uh, which is Edmonton Oilers' last 11 games that they played. And all 11 of them were in Rogers Place in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Home ice. And of those 11 games, they won the first one, uh, late season game 4-1 over Columbus in a, a brutal hockey game, but Edmonton came out on top. Uh, I think Koskinen was the story that night. Then they lost their last two games of the regular season, which ultimately cost them in the playoff seedings. Uh, and... Then, of course, they got in the playoffs, won one game out of four against Chicago in the play-ins. And now, you know, several months later again, uh, they're equally seemingly unready for the return to play as they were in August. And again, won 3-0 and in, in a four-game homestand to start the season. And this has been a pet peeve of mine for years is how the Oilers have always struggled to make their home barn there barn where you know they make it a tough place to play and it just hasn't happened enough i mean montreal i mean i give them credit they played well they played way better on saturday than they had to tonight and tonight montreal was sloppy with a lot of penalties and so on but uh you know they got the job done but but it's it's a good thing they're going on the road it's overdue and hopefully they will respond to a different environment because they have gone absolutely stale in Rogers Place in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Are they confined to their hotel rooms when they go? Do you know? Can they walk around the city at least when they go to a different city? Or is it like it's, is it this weird thing where they got to stay in their hotel room? I mean, because Bruce, these are home games, but they're really yeah, I know, they're but like home home soundstage games, like you know. Yeah, no, this is this. They're not real home games, other than those three in in March. Yeah, you know they got, they don't have fans or anything, but they do. I mean, they know the rink. They you know there should be some advantages. They have the last change in all but the you know two games against Chicago, I guess, where they're officially the road team in their own barn. But it's I don't know what I, it is, but it's very discouraging, frankly. Indeed, indeed. So, um, speaking of discouraging, my number is zero. Mm-hmm. So we've we've tracked uh, great major contributions to grade A scoring chances um, for years now, and certainly ever since Connor McDavid has been with the Oilers, I think this first year was actually maybe the first year that we 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 started to break this specific stat out from the uh, from scoring chances, and I can't remember a game Bruce where Connor McDavid did not make a, a major contribution to a grade A scoring chance, but tonight that happened. He did not. Neither on the power play nor at even strength did Connor McDavid make one significant contribution to a grade A scoring chance. I don't believe he was on the ice at even strength, at least, when there was a grade A scoring chance that came about for the Edmonton Oilers. So it was it was his worst game, um, possibly his worst game as an Edmonton Oiler tonight. Certainly on the attack, it was it was one of his worst, probably his worst game. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're going to go to dry. The, the coach went to Yamamoto, McDavid, and Dreisaitl. Um, I could see them trying that. 
because that's the next thing they always try is to put dry settle and mcdavid together mm-hmm. um with yamamoto it might actually work but that's really stacking your lines really stacking your team and good good luck with the other lines i i just you know i i think they should fall back to what worked and um we'll see you know who would be mcdavid's line mates then would be the question right so i you know maybe you go uh if james neal is ready i don't know is when's he ready but i think um you could go with cahoon i think i think cahoon might fit in well with mcdavid he's Mm -hmm. He doesn't play that much. He doesn't get much ice time, it seems to me. But he, he got a scoring chance tonight. He's been around the net a little bit. Um, and maybe James Neal goes in the lineup and, and plays on the other wing. I don't know who, who they'll put there. But um, <sighs> but or Cassian. You could stick with Cassian and 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 Cahoon and McDavid and, and, and give that a try. That's what I would hope to see. But we'll, we'll see what the coach does. They just hope. I think it is time for change, though. I mean, I think that's got to be obvious now. And um, we'll see what happens. Right. Well, according to Natural Stat Trick, uh, scoring chances tonight with McDavid on the ice at even strength, 13 minutes and change, zero for Edmonton. Three yeah. for And the power play, I mean, we talked about already, 0 for 7 with only eight shots on net the entire game. And, and several of those shots actually came from the second unit when Tippett got discouraged with the first unit and put sat him on the bench for a bit so it just it wasn't there and i mean i don't know it's uh the only line that the only line that had the advantage in scoring chances is kind of weird was the fourth line of shore with uh with uh chase on and archibald they were one one four and zero against but they were the only line that actually got scored on in the game it was such an outside shot they didn't even call it a scoring chance it was just a, a yeah that was from outside that went through Koskinen. i mean we could list that as a bad thing too Killer it, it was it was it's like i don't want to let Koskinen off the hook on that one it was through a double screen again it was like twice we've seen these like the the other game against vancouver was through or was that against through metro against my trouble it was through four players and this time it was through two archibald and nurse mm-hmm. both failed to block the shot and it went right somehow got through them and koskinen only sees the shot as it gets past nurse then but he should have had that one anyway like come right on right through the six hole under his under his stick arm you got to see yeah a couple out. He, he was otherwise okay-ish. Like, you know, the one off his head was a little bit weird, too. Um, obviously, very weird. You get wiped out, and it's hard to blame the goalie on a play like that. Ah, uh, Bruce. Is, is James Neal, is, do you know what is, is he? They said he, they said he was skating around the ice hard at practice today and that he might be close, and they're going to have to figure out a way to get him on the roster. Uh, but the sad fact is that tonight... Um, Dave Tippett made all the changes available to him. He benched three players. He brought three players down from the press box and gave them all a game. And it really did nothing to change the uh, the momentum against Montreal, who I guess you had could, their way with it. You could take um, put Negard on the because uh, he's cleared waivers, right? So you could put yep. him on the taxi squad and pull yep. Neil up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They have moves they can make. Uh, same thing with Devin Shore. He's cleared waivers, so. They could make a decision on game day. I mean, I, like I guess they could speed. have benched those two guys today and brought in two from the taxi squad, and then they could have changed five guys. But I, I don't know that they've uh, they've got the horses think, at this point. Do you think we'll see Bear or Jones back 
I think yes. I think we'll see Bear back definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if we'll see Jones back quite yet. Might be. I think they're going to stick with Russell after that game. Probably, my guess. Yeah, but I think we'll see Ethan Bear back and and Lagerson was okayish. I didn't. He was. I thought a very quiet game. But Ethan Bear is clearly a better player than than Lagerson at this point, and they need Ethan Bear in the lineup. Darnell Nurse, I think that that pairing was was good last year. Okay to good in mm-hmm. in fairly tough minutes. So they need to, I think, need to reunite them and and uh, then we'll see where maybe we'll have uh, Cuckoo and Larson and Barry and Russell. Ah, all right, Bruce. Well, any any other thoughts? No, I got to get things turned around between now and. They go on to Toronto for two, Winnipeg for two. Oh. And they're just going to have to bring a way better game than what they showed in uh, three of these. First, I mean, they deserve to lose the three games they lost. They deserve to win the one game that they won. But, you know, they won that game. Here's my thought. They won that game by going hard to the net. You know, they, they scored uh, so far this year, they scored 10 goals, and they got half of them in that one game that they won. Well, the five goals they scored in game two against Vancouver, three of them were in rebounds right in or on the lip of the blue paint. The fourth one was a redirection by uh, Nugent Hopkins uh, driving hard, basically tapped at home from the edge of the blue paint. And of the other games that they played, all of the goals have been on shots from from distance. Like they're, they're not getting inside. And so... They're not scoring. I mean, five goals in three games versus five goals in the one game. And the one game where they they consistently went hard to the net, they got rewarded for it. Hello, let's start doing that again. Yeah, we could. We fans could use a win. <laughs> I'm sure they could too. I'm sure they're desperate for it at this point. Yeah, one win every four months isn't doing it for me, David. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, uh, let's just leave it there. That's like that was plenty gloomy. Uh, you know, well, I'm feeling of- pretty gloomy after that game. Saturday night, you know, I was kind of upbeat. I enjoyed the game, even though Montreal, you know, it was at least it was an action-packed game. Yeah, this game there was a little bit of action and a whole lot of not a lot going on. It was Can't so get over the blue line, you know, a lot of that kind of stuff. For oh, Bruce, isn't that the, the truth? Down to their own end again and again. Yeah, just get the puck deep, man. Come on, like get it. Every time I saw that, I just felt like bashing my head against the, I don't know, my fist. <laughs> anyway. All right, Bruce. Let's leave it there. All right. And let's hope let's for better the right game grades on this. I think they'll be a little terse tonight, but I never really know until I get into it. Maybe I'll unload on a few people for fun, but I, I'm not even feeling like that kind of fun tonight. I'm just kind of, well, that happened. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce, thanks for talking tonight. Yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. And in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast.